What is happening, everybody? Welcome to episode 26 of the Bantam Golf Podcast. I've been gone for a month. I'm very sorry. I meant to jump on a couple times and record some stuff, but time just didn't really work out. We've been traveling, went down to Tampa for a little while, just got back from Sea Island. Uh, and then in the middle of that, we had club championship week at the club I belong to, and uh, I take that week very seriously, which is kind of nerdy, but it's also kind of awesome. So I practiced, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, tried to qualify for the championship flight on Thursday, ended up shooting a, what did I shoot? I think I shot an 85 from the tips, which was a total bummer. The cutoff was 79. I had uh, tripled the first hole and then tripled another hole out there, which is not good. Don't want any trip. Don't want any triples on the scorecard. But the first hole was kind of hilarious because it's a, it's an easy dog leg, short par five, which I usually either birdie or par. I would say most of the time, um, it fits. It it fits my game perfectly. Uh, elevated green, I can usually get on in three. Doesn't matter if I'm playing from the tips or if I'm playing from the blue tees. Um, but this time, the last four times that I've tried to qualify for this. I have hooked my ball into the range, which is hilarious. So this time I'm like, nope, not hooking it into the range. I'm going to hit a three wood off the tee. So I get up there. I hit a three wood. It goes straight down the middle about, you know, 215, 220 yards. It was fine. It was in perfect position. I get up there to hit another three wood, um, which I've hit that shot a thousand friggin' times. And I, uh, I sway, I fall off balance and I hook this shot into this little tiny bitch ass Creek that I've never hit a ball in, in my entire life. And it was a, it was embarrassing. B it was just a terrible shot. And then I have to like punch through these trees, which, which I did. It was a beautiful punch out. And I was like, okay, good. I can just hit it up and down with my wedge and I'll be fine. Anyway, wedge over the green up three putt. It was a mess. Okay. It was a triple. It was a snowman on the first hole, but I hung in there, ended up, I think shooting like a 41 or 42 on the front. I don't know. I was still in the mix and then tripled another hole and doubled one hole. I had a couple birdies in there, some pars. It was, I, I learned some lessons about my game and I think that's why I enjoy that that day so much because you have to play from the tips. I'm a little bit shorter than most of the guys out there, probably by like 50 or 70 yards. So I need to put a little fitness plan in place before I go out there and do that again. But I digress. It was a fun week. Uh, always my favorite week of the year. Ended up finishing second in my flight, which was gr- which was fine too. I, I played awful that Friday, ended up winning on 18. The next day won. I think I closed him out on hole 16, which felt really good. Uh, was cruising on the front nine. My wife and child came and watched for seven holes. It was amazing. Felt so good. On the back, dude, I was playing, ended up shooting a 36. I think I shot a 38, and he closed me out on 17. It was so stressful, but match play is amazing. It's still my favorite. I love it so much. Can't wait for that week next year. I have a year to prepare. I'm actually, um, I've stopped drinking. I took three weeks off of drinking, so I've lost a few pounds, which is cool, but I'm going to add some golf-related fitness, I think, to my routine and lay back on the booze and really try to like get my golf life together because I want to try to qualify for some state events here and really kind of ramp up um, my training, my lessons, and all that good stuff. had a great lesson with uh, my boy Jude out at... um, where is Jude? He's out at the Grove here in Nashville. He's amazing. 
um, really good coach. So, you know, I feel like I'm going to put a, we put a plan, excuse me, we put a plan in place and we're going to work on some stuff. So that's going to be really cool. Um, so that was a great week. I uh, just p- got back from Sea Island. I may have mentioned that a second ago. We had to leave because of the hurricane that was coming in. We're supposed to be there for another couple of days, but played the seaside course yesterday. It was amazing. I used to work there like 20 years ago uh, in college, which was a great, great job. And so we got to play. We got to play those courses for I think we could actually free. We could if you walked. I think you had to pay fifteen dollars for a cart at the time. But uh, great golf down there. Great experience. Was planning on doing a whole podcast dedicated to Sea Island and travel and golf, and maybe I still will at some point. But having to cut our trip short was total bummer. So um, may just have to go down there and call it research for another time. But uh, I wanted to begin today by I think we're going to have a new segment on here, which is like reading live-related tweets. And I know I said I was kind of done uh, hating on them, but golly, man, I sometimes I look at uh, some of these accounts that'll just pop up on my whatever, I don't know, on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it, just randomly. Like, I don't follow any of these. But this is, I, I've got to read this because this, A, it's absolute BS. <laughs> like, this story didn't happen. But I just can't believe that, People tweet this stuff out, so let's go. This is from Live at Live Tracking, who refers to himself or herself as Live Golf Insider. And here it is. Here's the tweet. Earlier today, I was sitting at the bar enjoying an ice-cold domestic beer, waiting to play my second 18 of the day for my club championship finals. I was approached by a group of alpha males who began complimenting me on my Live Golf hat. One of them was wearing a High Flyers hat. A younger gent who explained he was a lifelong High Flyers and Phil Mickelson fan. The grammar is terrible, by the way. As for the others, they were four aces and smash GC fans. Real golf fans who despise the PGA Tour regime like the rest of us. These are not like real. These are not sentences, by the way. This is so strange. Anyway, back to the tweet. It's always great interacting with live golf fans at the country club. The proving grounds for true alpha males. We exchanged laughs about Rory McIlroy's height, an infant-like body figure, Tiger Woods' drunk driving record, and Max Homa's major stats. Uh, We fist-bumped, and I was on my way to defend my club championship for the fifth straight year. When I stepped up to the first tee, my opponent saw my lift hat, polo, and massive biceps. He instantly congratulated me on my success. I I pulverized that man today. Our match was over by the 11th hole. I celebrated the win at Hooters with wings, cold domestic beers, and parking lot push-ups. Uh, 1825 for the number of days I've retained the club championship. Moral of the story, Live Golf is by far the industry leader in the golf world. Insane. That I mean, it's got to be a parody account. Obviously, that story is so ridiculous, but the shit they tweet just cracks me up because oftentimes you can't tell if it's bullshit or not, but... I just thought I would read that one. <laughs> Shifting topics to the PGA Tour season. Uh, it's over. Victor Hovland wins on Sunday. I watched absolutely none of that tournament. Um, I think East Lake is a highly overrated golf course. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, that was going to be my main focus. Last week, I, I played it three times now. First time I played it... Uh, 
was a mess. I wasn't into golf. My dad dragged me to Atlanta to play it, and it was so hot and miserable. I think it was August, so it was about the same time, and I just, it was terrible. But um, didn't love it. Played it two years ago. It's fine. I, I felt like the clubhouse and the history is much better than the actual course itself. It's definitely not the best course in Atlanta. And I think anybody that plays a lot of golf in Atlanta would tell you the same thing. I think the finishing hole is amazing. If you can like, you know, make it on in two, it's absolutely epic. And I do think that's a great hole. I think there are some good holes out there, but as a whole, I just don't think it's like, I I don't think the PGA tour needs to finish their season there. And I just don't really think, again, that it's a great golf course. The history's great. Anything connected to Bobby Jones is wonderful. I'm a big golf history nerd, so I get it. But uh, FedEx Cup is over. PGA Tour season's over. Another one starts in like two hours. There's really no off-season for the PGA Tour. But shout-out to Victor Hovland for winning the FedEx Cup. He's had a hell of a season, man. And if you don't like Victor, you're not a cool person. He seems like the coolest dude on tour. I always talk about how I felt like for a while when he was touring around, he would go to local businesses and, you know, tweet them out. If he had a, I remember a haircut, he went and was like, go get your haircut at this place. It just seems like a class act. Great guy. Glad he won. Bum for Scotty Scheffler since he. I think stat-wise had the best season of everybody. I put $100 on Rory last week, and that paid absolutely nothing. Uh, And I'm very angry about that because apparently this MFR hurt his back earlier in the week, and had I known that, I wouldn't. He just plays so well at Eastlake. I think on the season I'm probably up mostly from DraftKings, some of my bets, but man, towards the end of the season, we were uh, running out of gas uh, when it comes to any sort of PGA Tour betting or DraftKings. It seemed like things were just sort of not going my way, and that's fine because football season's coming. We won't talk about football here, even though I do love me some football, Titans, Georgia football, that kind of thing, but PGA Tour season is done kind of a mess overall in my opinion, the live stuff, definitely, you know, two years ago or a year and a half ago, everyone talked about sports washing and that definitely happened. I felt like the PGA tour season just lacked some oomph for lack of, I uh, wish you could have seen my hand motion there for lack of a better term. It just didn't have it this season. The majors loved the majors. They were, they're always a pleasure to watch. I think the PGA uh, championship was my number one this year. I really enjoyed that course, really enjoyed the outcome. Masters was my second favorite this year. Loved the John Rahm story. Uh, the Open, probably third, and Wyndham Clark's win at LACC, probably fourth for me if I had to rank the four majors this year. I alluded to that on Instagram and Twitter, and people were like, oh my God, you're crazy. The Masters and I'm like, yeah, the Masters is obviously the number one major for most people. Um, the Open's my favorite major every year. Like, if we're ranking majors or historically, and the Masters is usually Masters week is my favorite week of the year. Very confusing for some people. I can explain it better, but 
We're going to move on to the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup picks were announced this week, and if you haven't heard, I will read them off for you. A lot of controversy. Here they are. Here's your USA, U.S. Ryder Cup team 2023. Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas. Those are your USA participants in the 2023 Ryder Cup. A lot of controversy with that Justin Thomas pick. And it was rumored two days ago that Zach Johnson was going to pick him. And I get it. He's had an impeccable record at the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup. And he's a team guy. He is, I feel like he's a big USA guy. So that plays into it as well. Uh, If he didn't play professional golf, you could probably find that dude at Talladega every single year or some NASCAR race wearing head to toe American flag stuff. He just feel, he has that vibe to him, right? He's like, and I'm not going to say redneck because he went to Alabama. Um, we've got a lot of Alabama folks, a lot of crimson tide in my family. So don't want to say anything controversial about them, but you know what I'm saying? You know, the type jean shorts, uh, Alabama shirt, just repping NASCAR stuff at Talladega, at other races. That would be JT. I feel like if he did not play professional golf and tell me I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong, I will believe it. JT is never going to hear that, but it's true. So I understand the pick. I understand his record. I understand he, the team component. He's buddies with all these guys. But then the shitty thing is people have to be left out. So you've got Keegan Bradley, Bryson DeChambeau, Tony Finau, Cam Young, and Lucas Glover all on the outside looking in. Lucas Glover, who I feel like, I mean, you could argue the case that he should be on it. You could argue for any of those guys. Tony Finau, I don't think. His season kind of petered out. So I don't think he should have been on the team. Cam Young doesn't really strike me as like a team guy. I don't know him personally, and um, I do like the way he plays the game. I like his game, but he doesn't really strike me as a guy that gets along with a lot of the other guys on tour, and I could be wrong. This is just my observation. Uh, Who else? Bryson DeChambeau. I feel like he could have been on the team. That would have been another guy that I feel like he adds a different element, even though he's a live golfer, even though he's the mad scientist, even though he bulked up and now he's skinny and he's got all these stories and the Brooks thing. But I feel like he would have meshed well in that one of those last two spots. You knew Spieth was going to be on there, um, which is fine. I don't think Spieth had a great season either. And I could have argued that somebody like Keegan Bradley would have been more, uh, better on that team. And that was kind of who I was really leaning towards. If not JT, if not uh, Jordan Spieth, then I really would have liked to have seen DeChambeau and Keegan Bradley on there. I I feel like Keegan had a great year. Did he, what did he have? Two wins maybe played well, was in the mix for a lot of tournaments. Um, and, And he gets fired up, you know? So I think the big question when you look at the guys that were chosen and, uh, Let me see. I'm going back to my list. Um, When you look at the guys that were chosen, I think it feels like a little bit of a club situation, a boys club situation. You know, you've got Ricky who had a great season. I think Ricky should be on this team, but you've got Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Ricky, Colin Morikawa, who 
was he definitely had an up and down season. All those guys. You could have replaced the guys that didn't make it with, you know, a number of these guys. Brooks definitely should be on there. Max Homa should definitely well, Max Homa qualified, right? No. I think he was a captain's pick. Um but yeah, you can make a case for a lot of these guys. Didn't think Finau should have been on there, even though I think he usually plays pretty well in the Ryder Cup. Lucas Glover, big question mark. Played well enough the last month and a half of the season after he got that putter worked out to be on there. But now you're struggling to, I don't know, is it is it merit? Are these guys, or is it is it a boys club? Uh, D-Rap on Twitter mentioned that. Nuclear Golf mentioned that and said, like, what's what's going on? You know, because JT had a terrible end of the year. And a month and a half ago, I would have said the same thing. I would have said, hey, he has no business being on this team. But the more I thought about it and the more I thought about the team and it's kind of like, okay, yeah, Ricky makes it, Jordan makes it. Okay, you throw JT on there, you throw him in the mix, and you've got a lot of the same sort of personalities on this team. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it remains to be seen. If this is a good thing and Zach Johnson did the right thing by – not really spending a lot of time getting the best players this year on there, you know, he he better be right, right? So it remains to be seen. I think things got really wonky with Harmon's year and Wyndham Clark's year. And Wyndham Clark, I mean, he played, he had a great year, right? I mean, he qualified, he's what, like the, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, he obviously he qualified on his own merit. So did Brian Harmon. Um, who am I? Who am I missing? There's somebody that I'm not talking about yet. But back to Wyndham Clark. I feel like he is. You know, people have been have texted me today, messaged me on Instagram, saying, "Hey, what are your thoughts?" I'm not saying I'm a big deal or or that people care, but enough people did reach out, and I think Wyndham Clark is probably the biggest wild card of the entire team. I, he. Reminds me a little bit of Cam Young. I mentioned Cam Young being sort of a lone ranger, and I feel the same way about Wyndham Clark. I feel like he wanted to be on the team. He knows he's good enough. He had a hell of a year. He wins the U.S. Open. He performed well at most of the majors this year, and um, and he's out to prove himself. I think he's not mentioned with the bigger names on the PGA Tour, and I think that pisses him off. He may have even said that a couple of times. But he, he just seems like a lone ranger. You know, he played PXG clubs. Uh, he, who's, he switched the title list, but I had to throw that in there because I feel like anybody that P, plays PXG clubs, and no disrespect, I'm just not a fan. I hate the commercials. I hate the whole vibe of them. I understand why they're popular. I understand why people want to play them, but they just make me cringe for some reason. Um, but he just seems like a little bit of a lone ranger, kind of doing his own thing, pissed off, angry, and that could be a good thing come uh come next month you know he could get out there and say well i'm gonna prove to the world that i'm this and you're about to see it so it's gonna be interesting to see how this shakes out the response on social media has been mixed uh you know when they found out that jt was definitely in i think that it did piss a lot of people off because those other guys that i mentioned have all had decent years lucas glover uh cam young uh, you know, the, again, the same names. They've had a great year, and a lot of people feel like over JT and Spieth and even Ricky, who was sort of running out of gas toward the end of the year. 
maybe those guys should be on there. Maybe they should shake it up a little bit because the last time we went to Europe, uh, it, things didn't turn out so well, right? And um, we're not sure how this course is going to be set up. I know nothing about this course um, besides the fact that it's in Rome and I probably need to, <laughs> need to do some research around it. But I think the plan for the Europeans is to set it up to make sure that there's no there's more of an advantage to these guys than there is to the U S. So there's definitely some strategic, uh, thinking and how this course is going to be set up and how they've planned to do it over the last couple of years, but it's going to be a tough task. The European team is pretty stacked. I mean, when you look at, let me read off some of these names, Rory McIlroy, obviously, if his back heals up, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Maddie Fitzpatrick, Sepp Straka, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, Robert Mac, Robert McIntyre. Um, and then, I, you know, there's two or three spots that remain to be seen or remain to be picked yet that will be picked. But they're going to be a strong team. And I believe America or America, the USA, America, whatever you want to call it, uh, same thing potato patata uh they're favored right now but the europeans man they're this is this is one of the better teams i don't know if victor winning last week flipped everything on its head or jt getting picked because i haven't looked at the odds and maybe i should have done that before i started this podcast but it's going to be pretty close and i think depending on how well this team meshes together and and how everything's set up and if justin thomas was the right pick uh, it's going to be close. I have this strange feeling the Europeans are going to win, uh, which I just want to see some good golf. I'm not going to say anything about that. Probably not going to tell you who I'm who I'm betting on. I feel like most of the people that I follow, even Americans, are are sort of leaning towards uh, picking the Europeans because there's better value there and better odds. At least a month ago there was so. It's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. I can't wait to read more about this, see more opinions, listen to more podcasts uh, to get to get everyone's initial uh, reaction to these captain picks. It's exciting. I'm kind of rambling right now, so I probably talked more than I wanted to, but I'm glad to drop an episode this week. I'm glad to be back from Sea Island. I hope. Uh, everybody in that area stays safe over the next couple of days. It sounds like it's going to get pretty ugly in Tampa tomorrow morning and move further up the coast um, towards the Northeast, I guess, and back out to the ocean. So I don't know how that shakes out, but I hope everyone stays safe. Hope everyone has food and gas and shelter and all that good stuff. And I'm trying to think if there's anything that I've left out today. Uh, no, not really. My friend Mike sent me some pictures of uh, his buddy's tour rat. So I am looking for, I really want to find a tour rat or a circle T putter at some point in my life. I've got to, I've got a price that I'm willing to pay. Nothing crazy, but uh, hopefully I can find one of these. So that was exciting to get. Shout out to Mike for sending that. And I really, I think that's all I have today. Going to try to play some golf this weekend. Um, a couple times if I can get out, maybe Sunday, I know I'm supposed to go out on Friday, but, uh, that's it. Um, also if anybody has a good workout program or something golf centric for, uh, someone that continues to get a little bit older and slower every single day, I would love that as well. So thank you so much for listening and I will try to get some more stuff up 
you know, regularly, we were in such a good rhythm. There's 26 episodes up after this or including this one. So we'll just keep it rolling. Thanks again. Talk to you soon.